Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Lots of ways to get in touch with me. If you want to jump a phone call, let's do it. 216-220-0966. If you would rather forego the touch tones and send me an email, this is how you do that. Get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening, in case you didn't get the newsletter, coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It's the second Tuesday of the month. By the way, did you notice we are in the last quarter of the year, folks? What did I tell you in January? 2018 rapidly coming to a close. October, November, December, the last three months of the year, and we are well into it. And the second Tuesday of the month, standing guest, barring emergencies or other said unforeseen circumstances, is none other than the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. That, of course, is Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. By the way, if you are... Not a member of Meathead's little group. It's 24 or 25 bucks for the year, by the way. It's not per month. For the year, you get access to uh, the ads go away on the website, which is how traditional websites still make revenue, believe it or not. But you get access to a barbecue forum. You get access to a weekly pitcast, which I actually host. You get access to video series, reviews. Meathead's in the process of writing a new book. He releases chapters for you to nibble on and give feedback for. So there's plenty of value in the Pitmasters Club. It's, again, $24 or $25. I think you actually get 30 days free so you can kick the tires and see if it's actually worth it or not. We'll ask Meathead about how that endeavor is going. But that is the Pitmasters Club brought to you by AmazingRibs.com. So Meathead in for his first hour standing segments, 914-935. Topic on the agenda for tonight, I believe we've touched on it once or twice, but we will go a little bit more in-depth with this. And it's one of my favorite things to do in the live fire environment right now. I actually predicted it at the beginning of 2017 as seeing a big rise 
within this industry. And I think certainly it saw that rise. It continues to gain popularity. And that, of course, is pizza on the grill. Not only do you have various ways to cook it on the grill, but now you have cookers that have their own attachments to it. I tell you about it each and every week here when I do the Green Mountain Grill Read, which is actually going to lead the reads off this week's show. If you buy their medium and their large model, you can tear the guts out of that, and for 130 bucks, you go buy their pizza oven insert, and now you have a high-heat pizza oven for a unit that you might ha- already have in your backyard. Maybe you're a pellet fan and you like the Green Mountain, uh, the Mean Mountain, the Mean, the Mean, the Green Mountain Grill brand. Well, they have added a value add and accessories to complement that piece. You can go completely off the board with it, high heat grilling. You can do the pizzas. Then you can take the pizza oven insert out. Very easy to do. It's literally a total of three pieces, a dome, a pizza stone, and then the bottom portion, which is its own piece that sits over the top of the firebox. And there's plenty of other high heat pizza implements that are for sale right now, especially over the last 12 months or so. So we'll talk to Meathead about pizza dough and sauces and toppings and ways to cook and temperatures and all the good stuff that you come to know and love with Meathead. If you have any questions otherwise, uh, we'll also take live phone calls if you want. Maybe somebody's feeling a little froggy tonight. They'd like to lob in a phone call and chat it up with us a little bit. We're more than happy to give that a whirl. If you suck, we will hang up on you. And then we'll stroll over into the second hour. Two great guests in the second hour at 1014, first timer to the show. Handful of weeks ago, we made the foray on this show into the meat purveyor side of the industry, and we will pick up that conversation from an environment standpoint with the vice president of sales at King Solomon Foods. First timer of the show, Grant Siegel, will join me. I believe that's a third-generation meat purveyor, so we'll talk to Grant about the history there and why he decided to get into the family business, and more importantly, what he's doing to set himself apart from other meat purveyors that are out there. He is literally within the same distance of a Pat LaFrida, for instance, one of the bigger guys. So how does he run the business? How does he separate himself? How does he make value-add pitches to his clients and retain the current customer base, but more importantly, build the new customer base? So Grant Siegel, King Solomon Food, 1014, then at 1035, We will pick up a conversation with somebody that had had on this show January of 2017. Back then, we talked to him about winning a SCA Stay Cook-Off event. And tonight, we will join him as being the 2018 SCA World Champion. Winning the World Championship in Fort Worth this past weekend, Terry Rowan will join me right here on this show. And we'll get a recap of the weekend. That was a two-day event. He had to qualify the first day to get into the finals. And uh, he qualified and then ended up with the best stake of the day. What do you get for that? 10 Gs. How about that? Not just the standard $1,000 that you can get if you pony up the normal entry fee in any SCA normal event at the World Championships. You get 10 Gs. I think there's a ring or a belt buckle that goes along with that. So some other cool material. But I'm all about the cake butter, baby, and $10,000 for a steak, pretty good, if you ask me. So that's what's on tap for you this evening. The 2018 SEA World Champion, Terry Roan, Grant Siegel, 1014 Meathead, coming up out of the break. 
your phone calls and emails as well. Are you following me socially? Please do that while you have a chance. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Both of the same handle, at BBQ Central Show. If you watch me here on the live feed on Facebook, obviously you have that bookmarked as well. But if you don't and you're catching it on podcast slash BBQ Central Show, kind of keep it all similar if at all possible. So do me a favor and follow me socially. I try to bring extra value to you if you follow me because I appreciate the followers. I'm not buying followers yet. So everything that I am interacting with is all me. And I will try to react to you and comment on your comments and keep it interactive best I can. I do want to mention this, the Bubba Burger contest uh, update. I do not have a winner and I apologize. I got run up in a bunch of other stuff over the weekend, not the least of which was the 30 plus pork butt cook that I had for 2018 senior year Hoco for Villa Angela St. Joe's. But I will get to that hopefully this week, and I will get you a winner of a shirt, a hat, an apron, and most importantly, the free voucher. So if you did leave me a iTunes review and feedback, first, I appreciate that you took the time out to do that, and I will uh, have the dates locked in. So if you did it before, I believe it was uh, September 31st or whatever that following day was, if you left it in the right time period, you will be included And we'll do an Instagram Live showing the names that are available to win. And then we will Instagram Live the actual winner. And I will announce it on this show, hopefully next week. Next show, uh, next week show up in the air just a little bit. But I won't get too deep into the weeds on that at the moment. So that's what's happening with the Bubba Burger Contest. I will get that updated and get you a winner shortly. Got an email from Chris Mack. Greg, I know you get a lot of these. I want to thank you for a great show. I catch it mostly on podcast due to my work schedule. Your show has helped me a ton. It has refired my passion for outdoor cooking again. Other than a lack of funds to get a new cooker, and I have my eye on a Weber Smoky Mountain. By the way, Chris, great cook. The tools that I have in your show have helped me raise my game. Thank you for always being approachable on Facebook and on Instagram for any advice especially those grill greats. Thanks again, Chris. Chris, thank you for emailing me, giving some love to the show. Uh, Do I get a lot of those? I get some of those, but I certainly wouldn't say a lot. So everyone that I get, I'm happy to read. Makes me feel good. Makes me know that the show is lending value, whether it be through education, entertainment, or both. So thanks for writing in, Chris, and being a loyal centralite. All right, I will talk to you now before we get to Meathead about those Green Mountain Grills that I was just telling you about. Green Mountain Grills are spectacular. There's three different sizes to choose from. Let me address the bigger ones at the moment. The Jim Bowie, that's the biggest one currently on the market. You can do, you know, if you're not doing pans, you can probably do damn close to eight, eight or nine pound pork butts in there without really messing up any airflow. If you're going to pan them, a little less than that because you're taking up a little more surface area with those aluminum pans. You can do probably four, five, six racks of ribs on there, St. Louis style if you want. They have some accessories to help you expand the cooking area with the Jimbui, but Jimbui is the biggest. And if you have a big family, probably something that you might want to look into. If you're a little bit smaller scale, the Daniel Boone is probably right up your alley. Very popular amongst the three and four person households. Maybe you're not going to cook a lot of barbecue, but you want something that gives you that wood pellet ability. The Daniel Boone is perfect for you. And as I had mentioned just a couple minutes ago, 
If you're into pizza, if you want to get into the pizza craze, get that pizza of an insert that goes in either or both the Daniel Boone or the Jim Bowie. And now you can make the Neapolitan pies. You can make your own crust if you want to. Pizza party on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, yay. Every day of the week if you want. So easy, so fun. Everybody makes their own. Real easy to do. Two, three minutes, depending on where you have the temperature set at. Man, they're ready to go. Then you have the Davy Crockett. Folks, we're headlong deep. Is that even a saying? Into NFL football season, obviously, the college season as well. That's all about tailgating. And nobody wants to be messing around with charcoal grills and all this that they take forever to cool. What am I going to do with my hot coals? They're still hot after I come out of the game. Davy Crockett is a great way to fix all of that. Certainly, it's portable, but you're not sacrificing a tremendous amount of capacity because of its portability. And it's going to cool down real quick. You shut it off, you know, 25 or 30 minutes before you go into the game. I would hazard a guess and say that it's going to be extinguished and cool, especially if you leave the lid open to help cool down. You can pop it in the back of your van, truck, and SUV, and you're ready to go. Also, if you don't have access to the traditional power outlet, you can run it off of a 12-volt adapter from your car, truck, van, or SUV. I just said that. And again, pellet convenience and flavor. Come on, GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com, longtime sponsor of this show, chasing down Jason Baker as we speak for another interview to get us updated, and I will keep you updated on that. Anyway, Meathead coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And this portion of the show is being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit, as we all know. Reserve Grand Champion at the American Royal Open this year. So you know they're working. He uses all of his own products. So all you have to do is head over to ButcherBBQ.com and stock up now on all of his cool stuff. Yeah. Hey, the second Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the creator of the AmazingRibs.com website. You know him. You love him. And I just call him Meathead. About that? Hey, Meathead. Hello, Greg, and hello, Centralites. Always good to be back talking to you. I know I'm going to have fun tonight. Well, Meathead, we have a great topic. I believe we've delved into it a time or two, maybe at more of what I would call a high level, but we'll get into the guts here a little bit more this evening. And that, of course, is pizza. But before we get into the topic du jour which is the topic of the day. I want to bestow upon you something that maybe you just recently found out about, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because I just told you about it. Yeah, you told me today. (laughs) The end of last month, at the end of the month, I have my embedded correspondence segment. And last month we decided, uh, previous, that we would go ahead and put together, uh, this was John Solberg's idea, by the way, a Barbecue Central Show Guests Hall of Fame. And we decided we would break it into categories, recurring guests, 
semi-recurring guests and one-off guests. And we deliberated and we generated a list and we decided that we would go uh, kind of in, in, a, in, a, in a vein of let's get a bunch of people in first. Not people that we feel are, of course, valid to go in under these categories, but we wanted to get a big, broad entrance in. And then in subsequent years, there will be one inductee per category. Perhaps being hypocritical of me in categories and my uh, railing against the Barbecue really? Hall of Fame. Really? But but please, give me a break, Meathead. It's my Hall of Fame, and I'm going to do what I want to do. You, you, you and I finally found a way to get into a Hall of Fame. I know. Well, I mean, I, I hate to make my... Well, actually, I didn't even get in my own Hall of Fame, now that I think about it, but... Uh, well, I so, nominate you right now. Thank you. Uh, we'll see if I make it in next year into my own Hall of Fame. But I wanted I to let you know. I anybody's going to vote for you. Uh, it, it categorically <laughs> accepted was Meathead from AmazingRibs.com as uh, one of our recurring guest category roles. So, Meathead, I know this is probably one of the most highest honors that you've received today. And I just wondered if you had <laughs> any thoughts or, or feelings about uh, such an accomplishment. Well, Greg, I... I really am honored. I, I, uh, I am not in any other Hall of Fame, so this is a first for me. It really uh, touches me, and I want to thank you and uh, all the other little people on your team yep. uh, who have made me so famous and so great. Uh, uh, I want to thank, uh, of course, my mother and my father. My mother was a lousy cook. Uh, she was no inspiration. I had to learn how to cook just to uh, feed myself properly. My father, he was a griller, and he'd go out and he'd do his flank steaks, and uh, the, what really got my attention was not the barbecue or the smoke or the flank steak. It was the beer. He let me have a sip of beer every now and then. Mm. So this is to dad and mom who uh, made all this possible, um, all the centralites who uh, who listen in and uh, uh, ask questions and stump the star. Uh, and, uh, uh, Greg, I especially, I'm glad to know the $20 bill I slipped you, uh, had mm -hmm. some benefit, uh, and then, uh, I want to thank, uh, my webmaster, my marketing director, my sales manager, my editor, my grill tester, my other tester, my software engineers, and most of all members of the Pitmaster Club, without whom I'd probably be cooking on a hibachi. Um, and, uh, of course, the wine, which I'm always drinking on your show. Yes. Um, and if I weren't, I probably wouldn't be wasting my time on your show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and speaking of hibachis. Yes. You were just talking about tailgating, and we've done tailgating before. But I just did a tailgate. My, um, I don't live far from Northern Illinois University. Mm. My wife's an NIU grad. Uh, <clears throat> several members of our family. Went out there a couple of weeks ago for a tailgater, and I'm always looking forward to tailgating. And I hit upon my my best tailgate meal that I've done in a long time, and it was so great, so simple. Um, I'm always worried about bringing out a nice grill because I'm going to leave it out there while it cools off and I'm in the game, and uh, somebody's going to rip it off. I brought a $30 hibachi and a flank steak. Hmm. And, you know, you get enough heat out of those charcoals and a $30 hibachi and a flank steak. And I cooked two flank steaks, put them up on the table. Uh, people made wraps out of them, made sandwiches out of them. I made a little horsey sauce. Mm -hmm. So simple, so quick. I just sat down in, an e in, a, in a folding chair with the hibachi next to me, 
flipped the flank steak, got a great crust on it with the charcoal. It was fantastic. I'm going to do nothing but flank steaks at tailgates ever again. And who cares if they wow. steal my hibachi? Right, because it's only like 15 bucks or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's kind of deconstruct or begin the talkings of pizza. And I had said in the open in 27, when we were going into 2017, we were trying to do these trends and predictions that sometimes they become true, sometimes they don't. But I was starting to see a trend up on certainly everybody loves pizza and people have done pizza on the grill for decades and decades and decades. But I started seeing a little bit more of an interest, people starting to break it down a little bit more. I'd actually seen Mm -hmm. it from one particular person almost 10 years prior to any of this, and that was Fred Bernardo of Fred's Music and Barbecue, if you remember him from back in the day. But he was super, super into... Uh, he he was importing like Forno ovens from Italy, and he was bringing mm-hmm. over specialty flours, and he was the only guy that I knew that was in it to that degree at that point. But now fast forward into what was the beginning of 2017, I started seeing a lot of interest just from the normal home person. How can I replicate some of these five and ten and fifteen thousand dollar import ovens at my house? And lo and behold, there must have been some type of a, a listening. Uh, by the suppliers because now implements started to come out. Some of the pellet cookers were making, like Green Mountain Grill has that pellet of an insert. The, so a lot mm-hmm. of these other things were selling implements you could put on top of your gas grill to simulate some type of a high-heat pizza oven. So it really kind of took off and became a trend of 2017 that actually panned out. And I know you're a big pizza guy as well. So uh, you know, where do we start on grilling pizza do we talk about the the ingredients and the dough and all that stuff and then work up to cooking implements well i want i want to start by defining some terms all right let's let's differentiate between grilled pizza and pizza on the grill all right now it sounds like i'm being semantic but pizza on the grill is real pizza the way you would get it from a pizza restaurant or a pizza store. You start with a raw piece of dough, you put toppings on it, you put it on the grill, and you bake the whole pizza, and you you work. This is the hardest part to get the bottom and the top cooked simultaneously. I call it simultaneous pizzagasm. Right. Because getting the (laughs) bottom done is pretty easy because it gets pretty hot underneath there. But you don't want raw sausage or raw meat on the top. So it's always tricky to get the tube in balance. Now, grilled pizza is when you take the dough and you throw it naked on the on the grill and you firm up the bottom, get some grill marks, you toast it a little, flip it over and do the same thing. And while it's on the upside, now you top it. You put you can't put too much on there because um, you're not really going to cook it. You're just going to melt some cheeses, warm the sauce, wilt some greens, some basil and other things. And a lot of people do that and have been doing that for a long time. But if you want real um, pizza on the grill, it's a whole nother issue, and it's a whole nother story, and it, it it's a little trickier. All right, so let's talk about dough making, I guess. And mm-hmm. I I know I think that you have a couple different recipes that are probably on the website. And yes. if I remember correctly, you're you know one kind of a pizza guy, and your wife's a, another kind of a pizza gal. Oh, yes. not, as far as it. like you dough ingredients, yep. Yeah. Now, admittedly, I have a spectacular. Italian grocer that's 
10 minutes from my house and I can show up there and they have pre-made pizza dough balls and they're 99 cents. And what I have found is I can take that ball, let it come up to temp. I can cut it in half and it actually, when I roll it out, it makes the exact size pizza that I want. So for 99 cents, I can get two pizzas out of it, uh, you know, crust alone before sauce toppings and all that stuff. But what about for the folks that want to delve into it a little bit more and you know I was always a big believer when I was getting into barbecue that certainly you could buy a whole bunch of different barbecue sauces that were already out there but I had the saying that you know the barbecue wasn't really your own until you made your own barbecue yeah, sauce yeah, and put yeah, it on blah yeah. blah blah um, similar thought then for pizza should I I mean I know I live in hypocrisy which I love to do but um, I mean I figure if I have such a great outlet why mess with something that is almost kind of perfect no I, in fact and let's elaborate on that I think a lot of grocers are now doing that. Um, I know that uh, there are uh, three grocers in easy driving distance of me, and all three of them sell dough balls. And uh, they're made every day or two, and they're excellent. They're just excellent. They're um, um, uh, really quick and di- dirty. You bring them home. You cut them in half like you do. Usually they can be, can be cut in half. You can pull it out, roll it out. You can do the steering wheel stretching. I mean, if you can want to flip it around, you can do that. I haven't ever had the guts to do that. Um, and uh, they make great pizzas. Um, and if you read the ingredients, they're they're done right. They're mm-hmm. just flour, um, water, yeast, um, maybe a little oil, maybe a little sugar. Those are optional ingredients. So there, the, the, there are a variety of dough styles out there. Um, the, the most classic and the original, and it's relatively new to the U.S., is the Neapolitan dough. Mm. And that is the one from Naples, Italy, and that's just flour, water, and yeast. And um, they, they, they even have a society. If you are a member of the society in a pizza restaurant, that's all you're allowed to do. Um, and it's really simple. It's a big, poofy dough. It's soft in the center. It doesn't get really hard on the crust. Um, and uh, it, it really is a lovely dough, a uh, lovely bread. Uh, the, the, in Rome, they tend to add a little more oil to the dough, and when you add a little oil to the dough, you can get it a little crispier, you can get a little crunchier, it's a little stiffer in the center. Um, and then there's you know the, the thicker doughs, the grandma style, the Sicilian style, the Detroit style. Um, I, I've got a whole article on the website that breaks down the the, the different styles of pizza from around the world. But um, t- two dough recipes is pretty much all you need. You can try both of them. I've got a Neapolitan and a Roman. Um, uh, the Neapolitan is based on a recipe from the famous baker, Jim Leahy. It's a no-need dough. Um, uh, we've done very little to change it. I've added a little pinch of sugar to get it rising a little faster. Uh, but it works beautifully on the grill. And then the Roman dough is my wife's recipe, and uh, it, it's she's been doing it for years, and it's got a little oil in it. So you can try them both um, or just buy from the grocery. But there's no need to buy these pre-cooked doughs anymore. Um, there's no need to buy what, – what's the brand name? Bobley. I forget. Uh, the Bobley. The Bobley, that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's no need to do that. Uh, uh, get yourself a raw dough. It's it's baking bread. Um, it took me a while to get comfortable with it. I've always had fear of flour. I have never been much about baking, 
But uh, it, if you're going to try, pizza dough is so easy. So let's talk about that flour for a second, because I know you said it's you know one of three ingredients, depending on what kind of a pie you're going to make. But I've also heard that you need, is it like single zero or double odd or, double or something odd. like that? Double odd. So, I mean, where where is necessity de- or where does snobbery start to come in? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of debate over it, and there's a lot of back and forth. And they get into the hydration, how much moisture, mm-hmm. and you can go nuts on this. Um, my editor, uh, AmazingRibs.com, actually has an editor. Now, we've had one for a year now, a uh, cookbook author of some fame on his own right, David Joachim. Uh, he just co-authored a book called Mastering Pizza, and it just came out. And they go deep dive on all this. Mm. Uh, really a good book. Um, and uh, But... Double lot is what your classic Neapolitan restaurants swear by. But, you know, all-purpose flour just works fine. There's some differences in how much protein in the flour. Um, uh, there's, a, you know, how much water you use, hydration. It's really not that hard um, that you can go over the top with this. Um, from a from a cooking stand or like a thickness standpoint, is there a... Thickness that you need to shoot for, and then the other thing that I see is you're rolling the dough out. Some people take this like a rolling pin, but it's got like little fingers, and it leaves, you know, divots into the pizza dough. Is that something that's a necessity? You know, taste is a matter of taste, and you're going to want to do it. Your, you know, I think people, the pizza that we grew up with as kids in our neighborhood. On Friday night, when it was pizza night, and Dad and I loaded into the car and ran to the neighborhood pizza joint and brought home pizza, and we had pizza, and I loved it, and everybody's done something similar, that's the pizza that is in your head. That's the platonic ideal of pizza, and we try to replicate it. So, I mean, if you like thick crust, that's what you want to do. If you like thin crust, so if you like thick crust, when you get that ball from your neighborhood grocer... Instead of splitting in half, you leave it whole, or you cut a little less off, and you just make it thicker. And you have to adjust your cooking temperature and your cooking time, perhaps. Um, uh, a lot of this is done in a pan, a square pan. The For the thicker ones, they call them Sicilian or grandma pizzas. Um, uh, in, in Detroit, they actually edge them with uh, cheese, so it gets crunchy on the edges, which is fun. Mm, yeah. Um, there's a New York style dough, which is similar to the New Haven style dough. Um, you know, these are minor variations, and you can dive deep into it if you want to get into it. It's like barbecue. You know, are you going to use apple or cherry? Are you going to use bark or no bark? Or you know, but it ain't hard to get started. I mean, everybody remembers when they got started, and the first time they smoked up a pork button. Oh my God, how wonderful it was! And now you're down to what are my injections and what kind of rubs mm. and do I spritz and all that stuff. Uh, you know, that's the um, fine tuning. Um, let's talk about cheese first before we get into the first break, and then we'll uh, talk about sauce toppings and then the actual cooking implements themselves. Um, I, I happen to be fairly chummy with a a known pizza expert within the barbecue sphere and his name is Matt Frampton, and he likes to use the, the Green Mountain Grills quite a bit. And he told me one time, you know, when you get the fresh mozzarella balls, if that's what you're going to use either solely or in part on your pizza, 
take the ball out, put it in paper towel and squeeze it and squeeze yeah. it and take all that water as much as you can out. He even lets it sit on a rack and dry out a little bit because he said any moisture that's going to leak out onto the top of that pizza is, you know, that's kind of where you end up with runny pizza. Same kind of for the sauce. So, uh, you know, like both of those. Well, you know, sauce, sauce is usually not a problem because sauce is fairly thick. Where you also run into problems is when you put your classic pizza margarita, which is the simplest of pizza, and absolutely one of my all-time oh, favorites. Oh, for sure. It, 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 it's usually just tomato slices, not, not sauce, just tomato slices. And tomatoes are very wet inside, and that stuff runs. And uh, it can make your dough wet, and it can pr- it can slow the cooking. You don't want gummy, uncooked dough. You want bread, uh, and uh, so getting the moisture out is is problematic. I often use um, aroma, which is the egg style, egg shaped style style um, uh, tomato. Um, your uh, San Marzanos are similar. And I'll cut the end off with the stem, and I'll squeeze the jelly out. That's a lot of the liquid. I, I hate doing it because there's a lot of flavor in that jelly. Yeah. Um, but it just makes the dough too wet. And then I slice up the the, 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 the mealier parts of the tomato and put them down. Um, but, yeah, you want – and if you get fresh mozz, which I love, and the buffalo mozz, which is f- made from water buffaloes, yeah. not – not cowboy buffaloes. Um, get that moisture as much as you can out of it. Um, otherwise, your dough won't cook thoroughly. But again, it's not the end of the world um, uh, if if there's a little moisture on there. And here's a tip: when you order carryout pizza from your local restaurant, yes. tell them not to slice it. Not to slice they, the pizza. Not to slice it. If they slice it, the moisture on the surface goes down through the cracks, mm. gets underneath, and softens the crust. So you get soggy crust. When I order out pizza, we fire up the oven. I put a pizza stone in the oven. I get it hot. I run out. I get the pizza unsliced, bring it home, pop it in the oven just to keep it warm, and then I slice it myself <laughs> so that the moisture that I want, the, I want a dry, crunchy crust. So... Get a good pizza wheel, and if you're ordering out and not making pizza, tell them don't slice it. Look at this. What advice you get from Meathead. You think it's just all barbecue and grilling stuff, but he's <laughs> giving you don't ha- uh, have the people not cut your takeout pizza. That's absolutely fabulous. All right, Meathead, we'll be back here in just one second. We'll talk about uh, some toppings, uh, favorite toppings, and then ways to cook. Also, uh, obviously, the uh, the pizza cooking implements that have come to market that you might be recommending. In the meantime, I will talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Attention anyone who loves sausage and barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. And they've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, which if you haven't had, come on. That would be really good on pizza too, by the way. Coarse ground in a natural pork casing. They also have authentic Central Texas barbecue, all meats including the prime biscuits, briskets, slow-smoked for many hours over real Texas post-oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. They also ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose now to order, or you can include the custom gift note and mail to multiple addresses without additional shipping charges. 
All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. They're also shipped in dry ice to ensure uh, to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats processed. In the on-site USDA-inspected facility, yes, they have one of those, on-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders are welcome. Two restaurants to try out if you're around the area. Elgin, Texas, since 1882 and Bastrop since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. Here's the kicker. If you go to southsidemarket.com right now and you take a look and then you place an order, if you want 10% off, the entire online order, all you have to do is enter promo code BBQ Central. That's one word, all lowercase. That's BBQ Central for 10% off your entire online order at SouthsideMarket.com. If you haven't tried the sausage slammers, try that. Again, the beef sausage, very unique in taste, very unique to Southside Market. Cheddar jalapeno sausage, too, by the way. If you're really into that kind of, oh man, it's some of the best. All right, we're back with Meathead right after this. Stick around, be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Cookin' Pellets. Com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all those pellet-driven cookers, you can visit cookingpellets.com for more information to check out flavors, other accessories, or to purchase. If you don't like that, you can go to amazon.com and purchase as well, whatever you like. That website is cookingpellets.com. All right, Meathead is here, and we're talking about pizza. We just got done talking about cheeses and sauces and all that stuff. Now, let's go ahead and uh, discuss toppings. Meathead, uh, this is obviously up. This is where beauty is in the eye of the beholder, of course. But, you know, for me, and uh, I'm sure as my good buddy and Barbecue Hall of Famer, Stephen Reichland, could vouch, my palate is not overly cultured, is not overly broadened. There's been plenty of times when I have told them I haven't had this or had that, and it seemed like it was quite a shock. And when I come to pizza... I'm not that far outside of the fence either. I mean, my favorite pizza is pepperoni pizza, especially if you can get like a really good, uh, I forget what they what pepperoni it is, but it's a little smaller. It's not like the big, thin cut, uh, half and dollar size. These little, it makes these little cups. Yeah, that with they're like kind of thick curls and they up cup. And makes and the, these little cups. Yeah. And they fill with orange yes, grease. Yes, yes. I call that tasty orange grease, by the way. And that's yeah. my favorite pepperoni. But So that's like my favorite pizza. But I will go a little more crazy with the peppers. I love the banana peppers on top of mm-hmm. pizza. Now, I never used to like those, but I like those as well. Mushrooms, of course. Uh, what are some of your favorite toppings? And maybe, what are some toppings that might be a little crazy that people should consider putting on pizza? Well, I don't know if they're crazy, um, but absolutely my favorite meat is capicola. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a cured Italian. Uh, it's made from the uh, um, shoulder, um, uh, and uh, um, you can get it's cut thin, and it's it, it's sort of a bacony, but it's not as salty as American bacon. And I I just absolutely love it. I like it better than pepperoni. That's my second choice. I love Italian sausage. Mm. Um, uh, I'm not a big fan of the barbecue style pizzas with barbecue sauce and 
pineapple and chicken and stuff, but they're okay. Um, I'm a, I'm a, a keep it simple type of guy. Um, uh, when it, I, I do like uh, uh, tomato sauce or fresh tomatoes. I love sweet red peppers. Mm. Um, I gotta have onions. Um, and my wife uses a three cheese blend that I adore. Um, Asiago, mm. um, Fontanella, um, and fresh mozzarella. Um, and she also uses um, um, Parmigiano-Reggiano, uh, grated Parmigiano-Reggiano. And she's got a whole wow. routine. The Parmigiano-Reggiano goes on first. And, and it just works. Her pizzas are stunning. Um, uh, you know, if you pile it on too thick, you have the same problem of getting the dough cooked. You want to cook the dough because the dough will cook primarily from below. The toppings cook primarily from on top. And for the dough to cook all the way through, the toppings can't be too thick and can't be too wet. Um, uh, unless you've got a very thin crust. Um, so you want to fiddle with it and play with it. And, you know, you can cook. Here's another interesting misconception. Mm. Wood-fired pizza ovens, um, they don't give your pizza a wood flavor. They don't give your pizza a smoked flavor. Smoky pizza is really not that interesting. Sure. Although I have been known to put smoked uh, paprika on my pizza with great success. Um, but you, you, I've been playing with the uni, which is yeah. a $300 small cooks 10-inch pizzas in about two minutes. And it's very clever design. The... It burns wood pellets, and it puts a flame up above the, the pie, which is important. That's a broiler. Yep. So you're broiling from above, and then the stone is hot, so you're you're cooking from below. You're toasting from below, broiling from above, and you can get a really great pizza. And at really high temperatures, at really high temperatures, that's when it forms these big bubbles. And also when the bubbles start to char a little, and underneath you get some black spots. And that's not burnt. Um, they call it leoparding, and uh, those are uh, uh, like bark on a on a on a, um, a, a brisket, brisket or something. Yeah, right. They're desirable, um, and it, they're, they're byproducts of really high temperature. I have had a great deal of problem with the pellet version of the uni, uh, and I'm not going to get into it. But I did write in detail a review of it, hmm. and I gave it a not recommended. But the uni. The uni with the pellet burner, oh. it's all kinds of problems in maintaining temperature for more than one pizza. It cooks one pizza beautifully, but if you go in and sit down and eat your pizza, come back out, the pellets have all burned out. you got to oh. add more pellets. you got to start out fresh. You can't get the temperature. It's just a pain in the butt. They wow. came out with a gas burner, yeah, which replaces the pellet burner, and it's fantastic, and I gave it a gold medal. Hmm. So if you're going to buy an uni, and they're cheap, and they really work. Get the gas burner, not the pellet burner. All right. So let's since you've segued into the cooking implements, are there any other ones that you or uh, David or Max have used that you would recommend, or, yeah. or what? I'm drawing a blank, and I'm, you're going to make me look it up. But there, there's a gizmo that goes on the gas grills. Is it the the Blackstone? Yes, the Black. Yeah. Um, it's a um, a, a little housing yeah. with a pizza stone underneath and yep. a pizza stone above and a gap in the back so the air can flow through, and it really works. 
It really works. Really? There, there's another gizmo that I've played with that I don't think they make anymore, and that's a battery-operated fan that goes in where the rotisserie um, uh, spear goes in, mm-hmm. and it blows the hot air across the top, so it becomes sort of a convection oven. That works if you can find that gizmo. Um, but... Um, uh, the, 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 I think it's the Blackstone. I, you yeah. know, I have an article on pizza equipment on the website, and I think it's the Blackstone. That's what. Go it is. check it out because it's like two hundred bucks, and it's in Home Depot. Yeah, it's in you know your neighborhood hardware stores. Really works on a gas grill. Have you used uh, kettle pizza? Yes, I have. I don't like it. Um, wow. Um, I, I know a lot of people love it. Um, I just found it to be unnecessary. Um, I have had great look, luck cooking pizza on a kettle grill. Um, the problem of bottom and top doneness is easily solved by raising the, the stone up um, so that it's closer to the dome, and you just put some bricks under it um, and put the charcoal in a circle around the edges, not directly under the stone. Mm-hmm. You put it directly under the stone, you'll burn the bottom. But if you make a circle... The heat will come up along the sides into the dome and down on top of the pie. Very easy to do. I've got a video of this on our website. A great technique. You don't need to spend 400 bucks on the pizza kettle. Um, there is something that the pizza kettle sells. I don't think they make it, but it's really catching on, and I like it a lot. And that's the, um, uh, the, the, the pizza steel. It's, it's like a pizza stone, which is made out of... Cordite now. They used to be made out of clay. They're now made out of a uh, material called cordite, uh, which doesn't crack and break easily. But the pizza steel is a big, flat piece of steel, and they really work. And they work indoors as well as outdoors very nicely. Hmm. Uh, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining us here on the show. Can we broach the subject of some of those real... uh, I want to say original, but original isn't the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Forno ovens or something oh, that, yeah. you know, I mean, these are like bigger ticket items, but typically yeah. in the barbecue or the live fire world, if you're going to be spending that kind of money, uh, the quality and associated satisfaction and the efficacy on that is typically, uh, um, it corresponds with how much you're actually spending, right? Yeah, there, 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 there. There's a variety of them. Some of them are gorgeous. They're copper clad. Mm. I mean, they're the kinds that you find in restaurants for backyard. Forno is one that you mentioned. That's pretty popular for backyards. It comes on a cart with wheels. Um, uh, uh, I, I've seen my my co-author. I'm working on a new book, and I'm working with a woman named Bridget Bins, and she has one, and they're fantastic. I love it. Um, but it is. It's live fire cooking. You're putting logs in here. Um, the thing about these, the way they work, it's interesting. It's got an igloo shape, mm-hmm. right? So you put logs in. Usually you, put, you, you, you stack them up in the center. You fire them up, and then they get the floor really hot. And then you push them to the rear or for some of them to the side. But usually you push them to the rear. And what happens is, is in the back, the flame licks up against the top of the igloo, and that's the broiler. That's what cooks the top of the pie. The wood, the floor of the oven is this 
um, stone-like material. Sometimes it's cordite. Sometimes it's real uh, rock, slate, other types of materials. And that gets really hot, and that cooks the bottom. And in, 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 in commercial pizza ovens, the chimney is at the front, not the rear. And so that encourages the the flame to come across the top and the smoke to come across the top. Yep. The smoke almost never touches the pie. So you just don't get smoky pizza. And you don't want, trust me, you don't want smoky pizza. That was one of the problems I was having with the uni wood bur pellet burner. And by the way, we can't get done here without you telling me more about um, Green Mountain's um, insert for the pellet because oh. that sounds really interesting. Oh, yeah. And I want to know if I can use it on, on other brands of pellet burners because um, I'm anxious to try that. Uh, by the way, I think uh, I was saying uh, Blackstone. It's Bakerstone, I believe, is the that's one that it. you put on. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Thank so, you. Uh, that's uh, John Bakerstone, not Blackstone. John Solberg. Thank you, John. Michigan correspondent, of course. Uh, quick with the answer on that. So we were almost yeah. there, but yeah, Bakerstone makes that. So Thank uh, you, John. let me quickly tell you about uh, the Green Mountain Grill insert. So if you have the medium or the large version, so that's Daniel Boone or Jim Bowie, you remove all of the guts of the thing and expose the fire pot. Then for $125 or $130, this pizza oven insert comes in a box that you can get from the dealer or you can get it from Amazon or whatever. And it's three pieces. You have uh, what I'm guessing is like a stainless steel. You have a plank where the pizza stone would go, but then it uh, kind of comes down to, uh, 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 it, it funnels down into a square that fits and sits directly over the fire pot. And then that also has, um, I believe it's, there are either openings on the side or an opening in the back, like you were talking about with that baker stone. So as it, as that heat is being forced up the, uh, now the reverse of that pyramid, hits the back end where it escapes, and then it hits the dome and it forces it down. So it's a high-heat pizza oven that runs on pellets. It's all sitting right on top of the fire pot. And what I have found is if you put your cooker at, let's say, 350 degrees, and then you shoot it with one of those pistols on the stone, it, it roughly doubles at the stone. So if you want a 700-degree oven, you put your cooker at 350 degrees. Now, Green Mountain Grill wow. will go to a setting of 500 degrees. So I guess technically you could be cooking in that 1000 degree range which some people love to do. I found that once things go too high. Yeah, once things go sideways on 1000 degrees, you can't bring it back. I I've done every kind of experiment and for me I have found the sweet spots around 6650. Yeah, so I run mine at uh 325, so it's 650 at the stone. The stone. And it takes... The stone, because air correct. temperature and radiant heat from the stone, vastly different. I mean, the physics are very different. You yep. measure the stone temp, and that I'm with you on that. Yep, so that gives me the crust that I'm looking for. It might take an extra minute, but, I mean, if we're splitting hairs between uh, two minutes and three minutes or three minutes and four minutes, I mean, it's no real big deal to me. Um, and plus, it's no badge of honor to say that I'm cooking at 1,000 degrees or I'm cooking at 650 degrees. Both are pretty hot. And, man, it is such a great accessory for quite a minimal investment. Now you have not only a great barbecue machine, as the Green Mountain Grill is all on its own, but now it can be this own little pizza oven. We use it all the time on the weekends. Are you getting the tops well cooked? Are yes. You getting, I mean, like if you put sausage on there, is it safe? Yes, yes. Sausage is safe. Um, now, I guess in fairness, we also like pre-cook the sausage just for expedience sake, so it's getting a little bit of a reheat. 
But everything else that we've put on there that's been raw cooks fabulously well. Um, no danger, and it cooks the top great. And as long as you don't get Could crazy it, with the cheese and the, you know, because you get a, a little yeah, bit of that damp yeah. top, but that's more the mm-hmm. the operator than the machine itself. It really produces a great pie. Now I I have a Mac two star. Mm-hmm. I don't have the Green Mountain. Could I buy this and adapt it to my? Yeah, I, I don't know what that status is right now because the mm-hmm. way that the the base sits on. The lips of the Green Mountain Grills, the Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie. I mean, that's kind of key because it does have mm-hmm. you know lips that allow it to sit properly. But I mean, I would imagine. I mean, you're a pretty smart guy. You can engineer some stuff. You know, probably wouldn't be worth, or probably wouldn't not be worth trying it out and seeing if you could retrofit it. And maybe that's something that they're looking into as well. I mean, I know it's been a, a gangbusters hit for Green mm-hmm. Mountain Grill grills. I mean, there has to be some interest from some other people too. I would imagine. Um. That's fascinating, though. You know, as you're telling that story, my mind is wandering, and I'm thinking for people out there who are wanting to get into this game and they're not quite sure how and it's complicated getting bottom and top done, there are a couple of really interesting techniques that you could play with. You can make really good pizza in a cast iron frying pan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, indoors, um, you just got to reheat. You got to preheat the pan. Put the dough down, get your toppings on in a hurry, and pop it under the broiler. Um, you, there's a lot of things you can do to make really good from scratch pizza, and it's almost always better. It's like barbecue. It's almost always better than what you buy in the restaurant. You can find Meathead at AmazingRibs.com. Also, the pizza recipes and tips and tricks and some of those cooking implements as well at AmazingRibs.com. And on the second Tuesday of every month, you find Meathead right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Meathead, always appreciate the time. It's my pleasure, always 100%. And again, thank you and the Centralites and all the little people on your committee. There is 2018 (laughs) Barbecue Guest Hall of Fame inductee Meathead. From AmazingRibs.com. There he is. That's right. How about that? Well-deserving, too, by the way, Meathead. No doubt. Oh, oh there we go. Oh, come on. Here All we go. guests appear via the, the Traeger Grills hotline. Mm-mm-mm. Yummy. So, we are first to put Meathead in some type of barbecue hall of fame. It just so happens to be the Barbecue Central Show guest hall of fame. Which is a, quite a freaking honor, by the way. In case you wondered. Hey, and I was talking about Green Mountain Grills just a second ago on their high heat pizza oven insert with Meathead because it's great. I am also a fan of Traeger Grills. That's right. I cooked three 10-pound pork butts in my Timberline 850 this past weekend for HoCo 2018. You know, behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill, a Traeger grill. And the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro no matter what your level. Thanks to its incredible wood-fired taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger grills use all-natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie, Traeger's can handle it all, and the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check on your cooks, kick up temperatures, and set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, all right from the Traeger app on your phone. In fact, I gotta go check out my brisket right now. Find your local Traeger dealer or check them out online at TraegerGrills.com. 
Hey, you want to beef up that barbecue game? Yeah, you do. Traeger Shop Classes are also going coast to coast. Bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go. Taught by some of the best professional pitmasters in the market and in the space today. You'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory. Find a shop class near you and sign up today at TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. That's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Wrapping the first hour when we come back. Reaction to Meathead and Pizza Talk, all that stuff. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. Email in from John Dawson. Subject, perfect pizza cheese blend. Remps, my ideal pizza cheese mixture. Two-thirds, whole milk mozzarella. One-third unsmoked provolone and one-third fontina. I agree that the pellet-fired uni is more hassle than it's worth. John Dawson is in. In the hinterlands of Boise. Say it right if you're going to. It's not Boise. Boise. B-O-I-S-E. I think that's how you spell it. But anybody from Idaho that lives in that city... You say Boise, and they will jump your S right now. It's not Boise, it's Boise. Okay, that's why I say it right. You only have to tell me once. As somebody who has a last name that people struggle with all the time, I want to make sure I'm saying the right stuff. So, correct me once. It's a pretty good chance I'll remember it. Now, if I want to be making some words up on my own, that's a whole different story there right now. <laughs> I will drop a rempyism on you real quick. All right, so if you have a gas grill and you wanted to know the name or the maker or the manufacturer of what Meathead was talking about, that implement you put on your gas grill, it's the Baker Stone. Meathead said it was 200 bucks. I think I've seen that in some retail outlets for a little less than that. For some reason, I want to say it was a lot less than that. But he would know. Meathead also recommending the Uni with the gas burner. I believe that's the Uni Quad or the Uni Pro. They've It's on its third revision. There was the original Uni, the Uni 2, then the Uni something... And then they have one where you can do gas burner or charcoal or wood pellets or regular wood. They really ramped it up. Big second hour. If you want to jump in on the show, happy, by the way, Fontina cheese. I've never heard of Fontina cheese on pizza. I got to step my pizza game up. I got to do that. All right, big second hour coming up. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> 